Hi, and welcome to the Wise Healthy Bites podcast. I'm Beth. And I'm Catherine. With a combined 29 years of experience as registered dietitians, we're here to share real life nutrition tricks and lifestyle tips that we hope will inspire you to make healthful choices in the aisles of the supermarket and in life. This is episode number 35, Ditch the Diets for Intuitive Eating in the New Year. And on today's episode, we're challenging you to consider what the start of the year would look like if you weren't on a diet. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. Uh, So back in episodes 22, 23, and 24, we kind of uncovered the truth about how diets don't work, and we introduced an approach called intuitive eating. And these were actually three of our most popular episodes ever. So if you haven't listened to them yet, we do encourage you to go back and do so. And since we are just days away from the new year, we thought it would be a great time to read visit and expand on this topic and invite an expert on the podcast to talk about it. So I do want to recap just one of the most mind-blowing things that we kind of uncovered back of those during those um, episodes. And that is that the number one predictor of long-term weight gain is intentional weight loss. So in fact, about less than 5% of dieters keep the weight off long-term. And despite this, people are always trying to lose weight. That's right. Um, And hard to believe that the new year is just so upon us, but we really have a great challenge for you coming up and today with our very awesome special guest. Um, So today we have Angie Dye with us. She's a fellow registered dietitian and a certified intuitive eating counselor. Angie works one-on-one with clients at her nutrition practice, Carpe Diem Nutrition in Hershey, Pennsylvania, where she helps clients work work towards letting go of old dieting rules and learn to trust the body's own hunger and fullness cues, which I just love how much this aligns with kind of the overall wise dietitian philosophy. And we are just so excited to have you here today, Angie. So welcome and thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, you two are a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed learning about your podcast. And it's one of the slight downsides of private practices. I miss being with other dietitians. So thank you for having me on today. Yeah. Oh, thank you for your so time. Happy. Yes. And so this is literally the perfect time to have Angie on the show with us because again, we're just days away from the new year. And, you know, people often think to themselves that they're going to go on a diet. And we're also very bombarded right now with commercials and ads and just like literally all the things about losing weight in the new year. So first and foremost, we want to remind you that you are perfect just the way you are. And second, you can live your best life without dieting. So Angie, can you start by telling us kind of, you know, what is intuitive eating and share more about your path to becoming a certified intuitive eating counselor? Yes. Intuitive eating was originally a a book written by two dietitians back in 1995. That's Evelyn Triboli and Elise Reich. And they were in private practice together. And uh, they really were seeing that they were doing all these things with meal plans and diets and just weren't really seeing that their patients were progressing or really feeling stuck in that diet mentality. So they created this book, which is now evolved over time to become uh, an evidence-based, weight-inclusive, health-at-every-size practice that's now a a validated model, and there's over 125 studies looking at it as a a valid model for 
for health. Um, and includes 10 principles, which um, won't go through all of those, but those are really important things like rejecting diet mentality, honoring your hunger, honoring your fullness. And there is a very um, good prevalent piece that's there of, of gentle nutrition and honoring your health. Um, and my path to becoming intuitive eating uh, certified was really one of those things where the universe just feels like it lines up and all the things come together. I had uh, talked about starting a private practice from the time my, my littlest, uh, my third child was born, kept saying, when Maggie goes to kindergarten, I'm going to start a private practice, you know, <laughs> little by little, Maggie was getting pretty close to kindergarten. Uh, so I, I had the opportunity to go to our national meeting, um, the Food and Nutrition Conference Expo in San Diego, and Evelyn Triboli was speaking there. And I thought, wow, this is it. This is what I want to do in my private practice. I don't want people to leave with a, a worksheet on calorie counting or macro counting or even, um, you know, food is medicine per se, I, I really want them to learn how to trust their bodies and work through this intuitive eating process and um, did the training with Evelyn after that. And I have been a firm believer in the power of intuitive eating since that was 2011. So wow, it's yeah, that's going journey learning more and more about it. And yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely ongoing journey. And like I said, you know, in the beginning, back in those other, the previous episodes we did on this, we do go through each of the 10 principles individually. So, you know, definitely go back and give those a listen if you want to, you know, see exactly what those 10 principles are. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I actually, and also just here sitting here as a dietitian myself, I just love like how this whole philosophy um, and approach just, it kind of shatters traditional thoughts about dietitians of like, we tell you to eat this, don't eat that, do this, don't do that. And are so, you know, kind of promoting a different type of mentality around food and labeling foods as good and bad and, and so on and so forth. And just even the whole notion of meal plans where, you know, folks will contact us to produce meal plans for them. And, you know, we're, we're certainly able to accommodate that if if, a, if an individual is so on board with that type of approach, but in general, we really do like to emphasize trusting your body, honoring your hugger. And I just feel like right now as, you know, if I was a listener, I would probably just be sitting here listening with my jaw dropped, like, oh my goodness, what an amazing <laughs> breath of fresh air again to start the new year with. So oh my goodness, I could just go on and on, but yeah, <laughs> I'll pause. Me um, too, and so, yeah. <laughs> Angie, maybe you can go into a little bit more detail on some of the most common misconceptions about intuitive eating. Um, for our listeners. Yeah. So I'd like to start with a quick PSA. Sure. Uh, if, if you see anything in the new year or at any point that says, join my intuitive eating for weight loss program or join my intuitive eating for your best body. <laughs> these are ways that unfortunately intuitive eating is, is being hijacked by diet culture at the moment. So first and foremost, just know that anything intuitive eating should not be diet related, should not be promoting uh, weight loss. That's kind of number one thing to look out for. Um, aside from that, I think big misconceptions about intuitive eating, uh, even when I, I try to explain this, maybe at a dinner party or <laughs> back when we used to have dinner parties. Yeah. I know, right? What's that? <laughs> What's a dinner party? Um, <laughs> You know, just in conversation, sometimes when people ask me, oh, you know, you're a dietitian, what do you do? And I explain what intuitive eating is. Uh, a lot of times people who are, don't know about it, the first thing they'll say is, 
oh, if I ate whatever I want, whenever I wanted, I would, I would eat Twinkies all the time. I'd eat Reese's peanut butter cups all the time. That would never work for me. I need my plan. I need to count. I need to track my calories. I, you know, all these things. But unfortunately, those are really ways that diet culture has just hijacked your thinking mm -hmm. and into making you believe that that's true. So um, intuitive eating really is freedom around eating, but it isn't as willy-nilly as, as sometimes that sounds of just eating whatever you want, whenever you want. That that gentle nutrition piece is really woven into all the work that we do with intuitive eating. Um, yeah. And kind of like yeah. how I understand that and see that is, you know, people do think like, well, if you tell me I can eat whatever I want, mm -hmm. I will go, you know, any, you know, all of these things. But I feel like that's because they truly aren't giving themselves permission to eat what they want whenever they want. Because when you know, I can enjoy just, you know, one Reese's peanut butter cup today and I can have another one tomorrow if I want or later if I want. Like people still kind of have that like last supper mentality where you're like, I'm going to eat this all tonight because I'm never going to eat it again for the rest of my life. You know, mm -hmm. it kind of, and you kind of get in that cycle. Yes. But when you truly are intuitive eating and listening to what your body wants right now, like you can just be satisfied with a little bit because it tasted great and you enjoyed it and you can move on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what you're describing is, is really diet culture of, mm -hmm. of thinking that these foods are good. These foods are bad. Um, I, I can only have these things or, you know, well, I, I opened, I, we're really talking about Reese's peanut butter cups here. <laughs> are delicious. And I, well, you are located in Hershey. <laughs> I was going to say you are located in Hershey yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I do love Reese's peanut butter cups, but <laughs> kind of the, you know, last supper mentality of like, well, I opened the bag of, you know, Reese's peanut butter cup trees. Now I might as well eat the whole thing because tomorrow I need to start a diet. So really a lot of that uncontrolled feelings around eating and distrust with yourself, it directly stems from diet culture and diet beliefs. So that number one principle of intuitive eating is letting go of that and seeing what happens when you do that. It's a very different experience. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of the whole diet culture and losing weight, like I feel like, you know, the top New Year's resolutions every year, and they're kind of always the same. We want to eat better, exercise more and lose weight. Like, do you often hear that too, Angie? Always. Yes, yeah. always. And I, I find even after all this time as a dietitian, all this time uh, practicing intuitive eating, just how triggering that can still feel to see that stuff pop up in my Facebook feed, you know, friends from high school or um, Instagram people I follow talking about, you know, January's coming and I'm going to buckle down and quit this, 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 and this. And, uh, you know, even as someone who's, who's practicing intuitive eating, that's, that's triggering. And I, I know for so many people, this year has been really difficult mm. with food. So more now than ever coming into the new year and seeing those messages that really creates so much more harm than, than good things come to come out of that. Yeah, exactly. And we were kind of, you know, we talked um, a couple of weeks ago just to plan this episode and what are we going to talk about? And like one of my favorite things that we talked about was, you know, what would the new year in 2021 look like for you if you did not start it on a diet? 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of our challenge for right. you, you know, for those yeah. that are listening. And if you're thinking that that's, you know, kind of what you want to do in the new year, I, we want you to kind of take a step back and, you know, take the opportunity to do something different this year, you know, something that's not going to create more stress in an already stressful environment that we're living through a pandemic. Um, and, you know, just trying to focus on being more intuitive. And I love to just the description to where Angie, you've described it now as like gentle nutrition. And I think we, again, are just trying to be gentle, like in our own lives, like be gentle with situations and with, you know, other individuals you're interacting with, um, just because it is such a difficult time, you know, and and the new year and even just, you know, winter in general and the change of seasons, all (laughs) those things can add so much additional stress. So to Catherine's point, like, let's just try to peel back the layers and, and reprioritize and, and again, just care for yourself and be gentle with yourself in all this time. Um, yeah, just, I I just love that whole concept right there (laughs) and the challenge that we have for our listeners here. Right. Right. And with that challenge, I would just encourage you if you're listening to this and, and every year you, you, you do this, it's, it's, it's really a cycle that I see having been in private practice of, you know, maybe it starts with, Halloween candy starts to feel a little out of control, maybe. And then there's pie at Thanksgiving, and that mm-hmm. feels a little out of control. And then there's cookies and candies and special things. And it's that diet mentality that, well, let's get it all over because January, I'm going to start the diet. So just thinking about this new year of, of what that would look like if you just approached it with kindness and, and what are different things that you could do this year that aren't diet focused, that don't put that, that pressure, that stress, and, and how would that be different from 2019, 18, 17, all these past years that you've done it, try, try something new and different this year and see how that feels. Yeah, I think that's such an amazing um, perspective for sure. And, you know, I think here we really just scratched the surface on intuitive eating, um, you know, and, but I'm sure our listeners are like, okay, now this is great. I'm on board. I want to hear what you have to say. Like, how do I actually make this happen in my real life? So, you know, maybe we can talk through some different ways to just get started and dip the toe into this new lifestyle approach. Yeah. So I think if you haven't dipped your toe into the book, that's yes. a great place to start. The fourth edition just came out. Uh, last summer, and there's you know new language in every edition that has come out. So um, the the new new book is is really good place to start. Uh, sometimes people get intimidated by seeing the size of the book or thinking, oh, I don't have time to read a whole book. But it's really a delightful read. Uh, it's entertaining. I think it um, you know strikes heartstrings of things that you you see in yourself there. And it is a kind of book that you can pick up and, and read little bits at a time. You don't have to necessarily read it cover to cover. So that's a great place to kind of dip your toe in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just, you know, really the beginning of the book talks a lot about the things you've you've covered in the podcast before about the dangers of dieting, the low success rate of dieting. Mm-hmm. So kind of seeing all that data spelled out. If you need some impetus to let go of dieting, Mm -hmm. it's a really nice place to really see the research and understand from dietitians perspective on, on how that (laughs) didn't work for them in their practice and doesn't work for most people. So that's kind of a nice place to dip your toe in. Um, And then kind of moving through those principles and looking at 
which ones maybe stand out the most for you or feel like the safest place to start? Some of the principles might seem a little scary and you might not be ready to, to start with those things yet, but um, really basic things I think are wonderful to start with when you're thinking about not dieting. Okay, what does that look like then? Um, and that's really kind of getting back to thinking about true biologic physical hunger mm -hmm. and really starting to develop that um, interoceptive awareness, listening to your body signals and uh, listening to your fullness. And those are, sounds really easy. Eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and people want to get on board with this, but it is it's like training for a marathon or something. It takes a lot of practice. So if you feel like you, you know, try this on a Tuesday and it doesn't go so well, again, kindness and thinking, I just need to practice this because I I haven't practiced it in a long time. So those are hope that wasn't too long of an explanation. No, no not at all. That's perfect. In, that's <laughs> yeah. that's I think um, whenever you say that, it reminds me of the clean plate club. It's okay to throw that out the window. <laughs> like you think you have to eat whatever's on your plate. Um, it's okay to not finish your meal if you feel full and satisfied. But then on the other end of the spectrum, if you do and you're still hungry, it's okay to get more. It's like you literally listening to your body. And it is, it is kind of hard to do if you have been, you know, quote unquote dieting for so long where the diet tells you what to eat and when to eat instead of your body. So it might take some time to get back to having your body tell you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you make a really good point there that it has to, has to go both ways. I think some people kind of dip the toe in with intuitive eating and they, they sort of go with the clean plate thing. Well, I don't have to finish everything on the plate and really focus on that, but don't give themselves that also added freedom of, wow, I finished my plate and I'm still hungry. I would mm -hmm. like another little scoop of pasta. I would like yep, <laughs> another, exactly. uh, you know, piece of fruit, salad, steak, whatever it is. Uh, you have to give yourself permission on both sides, not just the stopping when you're full and you know, putting the rest in the refrigerator for later. Exactly. So, yeah. 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 And I'm so glad that you did acknowledge that, you know, while it sounds so simple on the surface, it really is just, it is involved and, and it just really, re you know, requires you to really you know, take a moment and think about, again, those hunger cues, which so many of us, you know, just don't. And we're, you know, it, it was inherent when we were young. And then as you, you know, grow up, it just kind of that, that fades away. Um, you know, and I think even just for me personally, some days you're like, I'm just so hungry. Like mm -hmm. I just could eat the house down and I don't yes. know why that is. And some days it's like, you know, my appetite's different. So I think even just like adjusting accordingly to that same point, you know, and just really listening to your body. So, you know, eat more of the days you're hungry and eat less the days that you're not so hungry. It's, and that's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. <Absolutely. laughs> yeah. It's going it, to exactly your hunger levels are going to change throughout the day and the week and the month and, and everything. Um, so transitioning topics a little bit, because I feel like um, most people assess how they're doing, you know, based on their weight, the number on the scale or their BMI. And that's, you know, a lot of that, again, comes from diet culture or, you know, I need to be this weight or whatever. So what are some other ways that we can look at our health that does not include the number on the scale? Absolutely. You make an excellent point. And I think that could probably be a whole podcast of it the, could. <laughs> the flaws of the BMI. <laughs> we'll do that um, as a part two. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so I always, 
when I work with people, um, I like to remind them that that weight is just this little slice of your health. It really is not the whole picture of health. And unfortunately, the way our healthcare system is designed, it uh, maybe that is the only time that your physician has to address what your health looks like is, oh, here's your BMI, and it falls into this category, which may be overweight, or even have this obese category. Um, and there are, are really just so many flaws about that in and of itself. Uh, but it's just one little piece. So when we're thinking about this new year and looking at health in a more holistic way, uh, I like to look at, okay, so your weight is in this particular BMI category, but how's your cholesterol? How's your blood pressure? Um, how are your, you know, inflammatory markers? How are any, you know, chronic disease that you're living with? How is that being managed? How's your stress level? How's your sleep? How's your energy? <laughs> These things are all your health. But unfortunately, that weight number is the one mm -hmm. thing that sometimes is like the ding, ding, ding. That's, that's what it is. But it's made up of so many more things. And really, you have to be your own advocate for your health a lot of times to to know that 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 weight is just a one little one little piece of it. Yeah, I heard a while back and it was like, okay, basically all your weight is telling you is your relationship to gravity. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> and all. like yeah, a perfect example, um my my son who's 19, he's a lacrosse player amazing shape. He could, you know, model for a fitness magazine, you, you know, he's just so, so in shape. He had to calculate his uh, BMI for a club sport that he wants to try out for. And his BMI was 26. So that unfortunately would, you know, if you would buy into this stuff would put him in the overweight category mm -hmm. and the kid, you can see every single abdominal muscle. So it's really flawed in that way and flawed in, in so many, so many other ways as well. So it's just don't put too much stock in the number. It's just right. Number. It just looks at height versus weight. It doesn't look at all at body composition, Not at all. which is, you know, way more important. Absolutely. Right. And I think even just those other markers, I mean, I feel like even it goes on the opposite side. So say your BMI is above what the quote, like, you know, recommended, you know, um, values would be, you know, um, you know, and then your the rest of the parameters are all great. Your blood pressure, your uh, cholesterol, your fasting blood sugar, all those things, you know, and so, but you're, you're in good shape, but I think it also goes the other way where if your BMI is, you know, quote normal, but then you have high blood pressure and mm -hmm. you have high cholesterol. So I think again, it just kind of like reinforces that that BMI and, you know, the overall weight is just such a small piece um, because you may appear, you know, in again, a physically, you know, state that, you know, again, as, as different things portray diet culture portrays, like you are the ideal, but then you have so many other things going yeah. on. So I think again, it's just, it's, it's so valuable to like hang your hat on some of those other bigger picture things that are really so much more important to look at in terms of overall health and longevity and, you know, all those different things. Um, and honestly, I feel like it was just at this moment that that kind of just like hit me right there. Like <laughs> it goes both ways. It's just like we've talked yeah. about on a couple different instances here. Um, yes. And kind of like similarly, I guess, you know, this lines well with like the, the next question we have here for you, Angie. So, you know, so you're thinking of intuitive eating in this, you know, amazing approach, um, you know, but we know a lot of our listeners probably are managing chronic diseases, um, you know, like diabetes or high blood pressure or high cholesterol. So how do you mesh the two together and, you know, live your best and most healthful life? 
Yeah. And it really can work beautifully with uh, intuitive eating with any, any chronic disease state. Um, I, I saw a quote recently and I want to get it right because it was so perfect. Um, it was from Rachel Hartley and she said, mm -hmm. Gentle nutrition is not the surprise at the end of intuitive eating. It's built into the whole process. Mm. And really when I'm working with someone with chronic disease, it is absolutely that we're, we're honoring hunger. We're respecting fullness. We're um, saying no to the food police. We're, we're working through all those things, but that gentle nutrition is woven into everything that we do. Um, so for example, uh, someone with uh, high cholesterol, there are so many things we can do to help lower that cholesterol that really don't have anything to do with the pursuit of weight loss. Um, you know, that may happen, that may not happen, but it, a lot of times you leave the doctor's office with a cholesterol diagnosis and it's, you know, if you lost 10 pounds, this would probably come down, but that's such a 30 second answer. Mm -hmm. There are so many other things you can, you know, let's look at fiber. Let's look at diet quality. Let's look at timing. Let's look at fluid. Let's look at sleep, stress. All of these things affect cholesterol, but that's all intuitive eating. That's mm -hmm. not a, a dieting uh, weight loss approach. So mm -hmm. it can, I've worked with um, patients with diabetes and intuitive eating, cholesterol, digestive, um, inflammatory bowel disease, irritable bowel, all of that works really beautifully with intuitive eating under that gentle nutrition cloak. I just love that this is applicable then, you know, to, you know, really any individual just because, you know, so again, you're saying right here, you know, we know all of the chronic conditions that are so prevalent in our country, you know, but this is still an appropriate you know, approach to manage that, you know, and, and feel as, you know, well as you possibly can and really just, again, be gentle on yourself, you know, with your eating habits and, and choices and all those things. So I just love, you know, the young, I don't feel like you find too many different um, lifestyle habits that can really just, you know, be relevant to everyone. And I feel like this is such a great example of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I should add, it's not just like, my experience working with people that, you know, this is, um, I'm saying it works. There's studies that have, mm -hmm. have, have looked at this as well for chronic disease. So, um, it is, uh, there's, it's an evidence-based approach and it has been uh, looked at and, um, not just, not just opinion. Right. I like that. Yes. yes. It's always Evidence good to based. come back to the science. Right. And I love yeah. how you even prior to, you know, to this point where you were talking about the book and, you know, we know some people think like, oh, you know, that's great. These dietitians are talking about this wonderful intuitive eating, you know, right. approach. And <laughs> what does it really like add up to? So if you're those numbers people, uh, you know, I think again, to your point, great, great refer, you know, re uh, reference back to, to the science and, and, you know, if that's what it is right there, you, you know, it's yeah. proven. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, as medical professionals, we do want to go back to the science and make sure that, you know, what we are talking about is evidence-based and, and this definitely has that backing. So, yeah. so kind of, you know, trying to wrap up here a little bit, like Angie, what do you think is truly the goal of intuitive eating? Like, what are we striving for here? Like I have it, my thoughts in my head. I want to know what you think. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's just really so personal. Um, and, and unique to each person. Uh, but my goal always when working with people is to, you know, dismantle some of this diet culture and approach health in a way that's kind and compassionate and sustainable 
and really looks at honoring your health without this pursuit of weight loss. Um, some of the kindest people who would never criticize someone else for their body or their eating choices are the hardest on themselves. Mm -hmm. So um, if I, you know, have one goal for intuitive eating, it's to, to have people have that kindness and appreciation for themselves and their health and see what happens when they approach their eating and their life from that perspective, instead of a, I'm going to be good. I'm so bad. I need to diet. It's really, there's this whole other world out there that is available to you if you're ready to let go of dieting. Yeah. Wow. I could not have said that any better myself. It kind of like what kind of the words that came to my mind was like inner peace. Like you have inner mm, peace mm -hmm. in yourself um, because you're right. Oftentimes people are very hard on themselves and, you know, just to be, again, make kind choices for your body and just, I see it as just, you know, living your best life and eating what you enjoy um, and not, you know, worrying about every little thing just because, you know, someone in culture and social media said this was bad, which is yeah. so not true. That's their yeah. opinion. <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, inner peace is such a great like descriptor yeah. right there. Even just like, you know, having trust in yourself because, you know, trust what your body is telling you, you know, kind of about what's happening. Um, so I feel like that also, that's something that came to mind as well as you were, you're speaking there, Angie. And that was just such a great like little summary there, you know, for our, <laughs> our conversation. Um, now I know we could just talk on and on. This has just been such a wonderful interview. And again, we are just so thrilled to have had you here this morning. Um, so what would be some final thoughts that maybe you'd want to share for our listeners, how to get in touch with you and, and some more information? Yeah. Um, so some final thoughts, um, really, you know, that discovering that satisfaction piece, we didn't really maybe talk as much about mm -hmm. that. But that's really something that ties in so well with intuitive eating. And if you're feeling that way, not really eating foods that you're satisfied with, or that really light you up and make you happy. <laughs> intuitive eating is, is one way to, to do that. And um, there's just a, a whole, a whole different way to look at things for this new year. So um, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, I have a website, it's carpediumnutrition.com. I'm a one woman show. So if you contact me through my website, no one else sees that except for me. Um, I'm on Instagram, carpediumrdn. And I have a Facebook page as well. So um, trying to kind of put out more messages about intuitive eating for the new year. I don't think you can get enough uh, messages about it to combat all the, the dieting talk that's out there. <laughs> <laughs> that's You're for sure. so right. And I like that, you know, the satisfaction piece and that I feel like we touched on this a little bit in our episodes that we talked about it before. And it's like, you know, if you really just want some ice cream, but then you're like, no, I can't have ice cream. And you try to eat all these little other things right. to satisfy, <laughs> or you could just eat the ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> eat the ice cream and enjoy it. Yeah. That's what is discovering your satisfaction factor. Like eat what is satisfying you in that very moment. Yeah. 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 And how different that feels when you are eating things that you really enjoy, how it is easier to feel your fullness when you're eating the thing that you actually want and actually right. enjoy. And that right. is, that is available to you. It, yes. again, it does take practice, <laughs> um, especially, yeah. especially if you're coming off of, of a diet. So yeah. 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 Oh, I love it. All right, Beth, what is our takeaway tip for the week? 
Gosh, I mean, again, it's always just so hard to narrow it down. And there are just so many like thoughts flying through my brain right now. But I would actually want to leave our listeners here with two. I think first and foremost would be, again, just take a few minutes to yourself in a quiet place. And if you have been on this diet roller coaster for years and years at this time of year, just take a moment and really consider what would the start of you know the year, start of January here, look like without having that diet mentality you know, on your brain? And, and how would you approach a new year without that kind of as your primary focus, you know, and two, I think we did address, um, you know, again, in the beginning here, just, you know, where we're seeing all these diet messages and, you know, we're seeing things that might trigger. So I would just encourage you to follow positive figures, you know, like Mm. Angie here, and we'll link to all of her social channels and website, of course, in our show notes, but follow the folks that lift you up and make you feel better versus those that might leave you with a heavy feeling and that make you just kind of question where you are and uh, on all those things. And that certainly applies to health and nutrition, as well as a lot of other topics. But, you know, I would think those would be two things um, that I would could could continue to talk on and on and on about there. <laughs> Those are two fabulous takeaway tips uh, for the week. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. You can get in touch with us by joining the Wise Dietitians Facebook group. Simply search for Wise Healthy Bites on Facebook, or you can email us at wisedietitians at wisemarkets.com. The information shared in this podcast is intended for education only and is not intended to be a substitute for a medical diagnosis or treatment. The Wise Markets Healthy Bites podcast is owned and distributed by Wise Markets and Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation. Any rebroadcast or other use of this podcast without the express written consent of Wise Markets and Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation is strictly prohibited. Please click subscribe so you won't miss a single episode.